Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. We're going to go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. And uh, we've been doing a series called Missing Peace, and we're talking about how to find peace in the Christmas season. And so as you know, Advent is a season of waiting as we move towards Christmas. It's anticipation of Jesus coming. And so uh, the first week we talked about uh, finding peace in our minds, because we said the battle for peace typically starts where? In our minds. And so if we want to have peace in our minds and peace in our hearts, we have to fill our minds and our hearts with God's Word and replacing negative and lies with truth. And then last week we talked about peace in our relationships around us. How to have that peace because at Christmas time, you know, sometimes there's a little tension in the house, right? With family members and all those things or relationships around us. So we talked about being known for love. So today we're going to talk about times of waiting. How many of you have ever waited on God to do something? That's one of the hardest things in the world, isn't it? And we see in scripture that many times God's people were waiting for things to happen. They were waiting for God to do something. So, um, so we're going to look in Matthew chapter 1. And if you have the Version Bible app, if you hit that more tab and then events, all the notes are there as well. So Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 20. So it says this, um, we'll back up to 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, pause a moment. If you're Joseph, what are you thinking? This is not how things were supposed to go, right? I'm engaged to this nice girl, and an engagement at that time was more like a betrothal. It was actually, there was a ceremony. You were basically married, but you didn't do married things yet. Uh, you waited till the ceremony was over for that. But if you wanted to divorce or break off an engagement, you had to actually go through divorce proceedings. So this was a very serious um, relationship. And all of a sudden, she's pregnant. And Joseph says, wait a minute. Uh, this can't be mine because we haven't done that. And so he was going to divorce her quietly and send her away. Because what happened if you were a single girl who became pregnant in Old Testament times? Stoned, right? Exiled or stoned. And so he was going to divorce her quietly. And then listen to what happens. Verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred, listen to this, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And then Joseph obeyed. So um, this was all done to what? Fulfill prophecies. The world had been waiting for the Messiah, and Jesus came just as was prophesied. So Lord, I pray you would help us today to look into your word and apply it to our hearts today. And Father, I pray for all of us who are waiting on you to do something, that we would see what you're doing in the background today. In Jesus' name, amen. So guys, one of the most difficult places to be is waiting. I know as a kid, when Christmas was coming, it seemed like it drug on forever, didn't it? You're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and, waiting, and then it's here. 
As adults, time seems to move faster. I don't know if it's just me, but the older I get, the quicker time goes. Like, it seems like we just ate Thanksgiving dinner yesterday, and Christmas is almost here. Um, I remember as a college kid, like, it seemed like finals drug out forever. And then when they're finally done, Christmas break went, and then you're back. So um, we wait. And sometimes, guys, some of us are praying for things. We're praying for God to do something in us, and it feels like we just wait forever. God, would you save this family member? I, I want them to find you, and it just seems like it takes forever. God, I, I'm waiting for this thing to happen. I'm waiting for you to do this, and it seems like it takes forever. Well, all throughout the Old Testament, they were waiting on the Messiah, the promised one to come, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited. So what was God doing while the world was waiting for the Messiah? What did we do? Well, guys, we have to see that the very first prophecy of the Messiah was found where? All the way back in the book of Genesis. The very beginning of the world, in Genesis chapter 3, it says, The Lord talks to the serpent after he tempted Adam and Eve. It says, I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. This is a prophecy that the one coming from the lineage of Eve would crush the serpent. This was the very first prophecy in Scripture that Jesus was coming someday. He was going to strike his heel. Yeah, he was going to crucify Jesus, but Jesus won in the end, right? So guys, here's what we have to understand. Jesus was not plan B. This was planned from the beginning of time. God knew we would need a Messiah. And it was prophesied all the way back. So all the way since the book of Genesis, we've been waiting for the Messiah. And since the beginning of time, God had been preparing the world for a Savior. And this hope is what carried the Israelites through years and years and years of trials. They were waiting on the promised one, waiting on the Messiah. And then 700 years, even before Jesus came, another prophecy was given. There were hundreds of these, but a great one that we read at Christmas time is in Isaiah chapter 7. It says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So all throughout history, the people have been waiting on the Messiah. But then after the prophet spoke, after the Old Testament was over, there were 400 years of silence. We call this the intertestamental period. So between the last prophet Malachi who spoke and the appearance of John the Baptist, there was four, a little over 400 years. 400 years of what? Silence. God wasn't speaking through the prophets. People were just carrying on. Life is normal. And during that time, the Romans came and all these different things happened. But there were no written messages from the Lord. And we know we can see that God was working. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But I want you to hear one thing. An author, Craig Rochelle, said this, just because God feels silent doesn't mean God is absent. Just because God feels silent doesn't mean he's absent. Guys, some of you have been waiting and waiting and waiting on God to do something, and sometimes it feels like maybe he forgot. Did, did God forget that I was here? Did God forget that, that I needed this in my life? Did God forget that I was suffering? And just because he's quiet doesn't mean he's not listening. It doesn't mean that he's not present in your life. And, and guys, during this 400 years, some of the Jews tried to take things into their own hands. You read about the Maccabean Revolt and all these things that happened. They were trying to take things into their own hands. And sometimes we're a little tempted to do that, aren't we? I think maybe God forgot, so I'm going to just nudge him a little bit by doing this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to help him out. And throughout generations, God was preparing the world for Jesus. And I love this passage in Galatians chapter 4. It says this, when just the right time came, when just the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, 
subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so he could adopt us as his very own children. When did God send Jesus? At just the right time. He had been preparing the world for generations. He came at just the right time. He had been laying the foundations. Guys, some of us have been waiting for God to answer, and it feels like nothing happens. But we have to understand that God's timing is perfect. And I know it sounds like a real church answer, doesn't it? <laughs> well, just keep waiting. God's time is perfect. But it is. And I don't know how many of you guys have ever seen this in your own lives. I know there have been times, my family and I, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. God, what are you doing? God, when is this going to end? And we understand later in hindsight that we're looking back and saying, okay, yeah, he was working on me. Or he was working on the situation. He was laying the groundwork. I just had to wait a little bit longer. So what is God doing? What's God doing while we wait? Well, guys, sometimes we have to wait because the timing isn't right. How many of you ever had, I've done this, if you've ever prayed and prayed and prayed for something, you look back and say, man, if God had done that, that would have been a disaster. Ever been there? I wasn't ready. The world wasn't ready. That wouldn't have been good. There was a lady who was, she was trying to lose some weight, and um, she was driving downtown, and there was a cookie store. It had all these beautiful Christmas cookies in the window, and she said, Lord, if you want me to have one of these cookies, let there be a parking spot open right in front of the bakery. And about the sixth time around, there was one. She said, yes. <laughs> I've done that a few times. If you really want me to have this donut, the donut store will have a donut. You know, I mean, just. So sometimes we, we're just not ready or the time's not ready. Guys, during the time, that intertestamental time, we see that God was lining things up. Alexander the Great conquered the known world at the time. And, and so what happened? There was a common language, Greek. A lot of people spoke at least a little bit of Greek. And so there's truly like a world language. And then during that time, the Old Testament scriptures were translated into Greek so people could read the scriptures in their own language. They could read them. They weren't only in Hebrew, but they were translated. Then in 63 BC, the Romans conquered the Greeks and there was this time of peace around the world. And what did the Romans start doing? They built roads, they built highways, they built infrastructure. At just the right time, Jesus came into the world. And at just the right time, all the roads were ready so that the New Testament apostles could take the message to the entire world. God was getting things ready. We see at just the right time, God sent Jesus. And the Jews then were, they called the, the diaspora or diaspora. They, they spread Jews all over the world. And when they did that, they took the message of Jesus all over the known world. We see that while the world was waiting, God was working behind the scenes. I found another quote that says, God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Just because God says wait doesn't mean he's telling you no, it means wait. And we see all throughout Scripture that God's people had to wait sometimes for answers. If you remember in the Old Testament, God told Abraham they were going to have a son. How long did it take? 25 years. And in the meantime, they tried to take things into their own hands, and we're still dealing with those problems today, right? So they tried to do things on their own. Joseph was given a promise and a dream. He told his brothers about it, shouldn't have. He waited. He spent about 13 years waiting on God's fulfillment, and a lot of that was in prison. He had to wait for just the right time, and then he saw God's answer. The woman in Matthew chapter 5 that had the issue of blood, she'd suffered for 12 years. She'd gone to the doctors and actually gotten worse. She waited. And there was a man who'd been able to walk for 38 years in John chapter 5, and Jesus healed him. So, guys, sometimes we have to wait because the time isn't ready. And then, guys, sometimes we have to wait because... We're not ready. 
Sometimes we're not ready for God to do the things. Sometimes God has to prepare us. We see several times in Scripture, God sent people into the desert places to get ready. Moses spent time in the desert. John the Baptist spent time in the desert. Paul spent time in the desert. Jesus spent time in the desert. When they were preparing, God was working on them. And so some of you might be saying, you know, I think I'm in a desert right now. I think I'm in a holding pattern. I think I'm in a waiting time. I feel like things aren't happening the way that, that I really want them to. But guys, don't waste seasons of waiting. Please, if you hear anything else today, if God has you in a period of waiting, don't waste it. Allow him to teach you. Allow him to grow you. And, and guys, I've been there. My family's been there. We, we've had times where we just thought, what in the world are you doing, Lord? And then we look back and say, oh, he was teaching us. It wasn't pleasant, but he was teaching us. So don't waste those things. And sometimes God has to, to remove things from us. Sometimes he has to mold us to be more like Jesus. Sometimes there's things he needs to knock off of us. Take some, take some self-reliance off. Take some different ideas off. So what do we do? You may say, well, pastor, this is great. I'm, I'm sitting in a desert. I'm sitting in a holding pattern. What do I do? Well, let's talk a little bit about what we do while we wait. And this doesn't sound very spiritual or profound, but while we wait, we do what we know to do. While we're in a time of period, we do those things that we know to do. We spend time with Jesus. We spend time listening. We spend time reading his word. We spend time seeking after him. Do those things we know how to do. Keep after him. Pray, trust, grow, serve. Use those spiritual disciplines that we have. And don't don't stop doing what you're doing. If God has you somewhere and you feel like, oh, this is, I'm just waiting for the next thing, keep being faithful where you're at. Keep being faithful. Allow God to see you doing those things. Don't check out. Um, you know, I know when I was in, in Bible college, we'd have guys say, oh, I want to be, I want to do this. But they weren't serving while they were waiting. And he's like, just find something to do. Find a hole and, and fill that thing while you're waiting. And so keep doing the things you know to do. Don't check out where you're at. And while we wait, we have to trust that his timing is perfect. I love this passage in Isaiah chapter 64. It says, since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. Those who work for those who wait for him. Guys, while we're waiting, God is doing something. And again, please hear, just because it seems like he's quiet doesn't mean he's forgotten you. It doesn't mean he's forgotten us. Sometimes he's preparing us. Sometimes he's preparing other things. Sometimes he's getting us ready, but be faithful while we wait. I know my wife and I, we were youth pastors in Missouri. We'd been there about six years, and we loved our church. But we, we kind of got that unstable feeling. God's doing something. He's, he wants to move us somewhere. And so we were kind of looking at different things, and this church opened up in Tennessee, a place that we loved. Um, we love that part of Tennessee. We'd done our honeymoon in the Smoky Mountains. So this church opened up. And it was a bigger church, and it sounded perfect. And so we sent a resume, and the, the Senate back said, hey, we, we like your resume. We'd like to talk to you. So the pastor called. We talked to the pastor. And um, I told Amy, I was like, this is perfect. This is ideal. You know, we'd be in the, in the mountains. We, got, we both have family around there. And so the pastor called back and said, hey, we really like you. You're like number two on our list. We got one other guy that he's going to come interview. And um, if this is, if this, we like him, we'll hire him. But if not, we're going to bring you guys out. And we're like, perfect. Well, they hire the other guy. And I whined and moaned and moped and cried. And Amy's like, you got to grow up, dude. You got to quit doing this. But, 
But then we found out later, uh, some friends of ours, their cousin actually went there. I mean, small world, people we knew, and they were miserable. Like, the town was so hard, they couldn't find a house. They had to live with a family in the church that they didn't even know. It was really awkward. Um, the pastor was really hard to work for. I'm like, we dodged a bullet there. Um, but literally, no, we spent about three years kind of waiting, waiting on God. And, and in that time, God was doing things in us. He was growing us, teaching us things that now we, we know and we look back and say, yeah, that was, that was it. God was working. Uh, but, you know, if I'd have gotten what I wanted, I would have been miserable. But God knew and he protected us from ourselves. And so we have to keep hope alive, trust that his timing is perfect. And while we wait, we have to trust there's a reason for the waiting. God is doing something. We have to trust that he has the best in mind. And 2 Peter tells us this in verse, chapter 3, verse 9. He says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. He's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. In this verse, Peter's talking about the second coming. He said, why is Jesus waiting? Why is he keeping us here? Because he's patient. He wants people to know him. And so, guys, we have to understand that God is doing something because waiting builds our trust. We always tell our kids this, right? Waiting makes you a better person. <laughs> you're building what? Character. You're, you're becoming a better person through the waiting period. You're, you know, during these things, God's working on you. And, guys, that's exactly what God is doing in us. So please hear me. If you're here this morning and, and you're saying, you know, I'm in, I'm in a waiting period and I feel like I'm in a desert period, I, I just feel like... <sighs> Do what you know to do. Keep seeking Jesus. Keep spending time in his word. Keep growing and allow him to build something in you. So I'm going to ask you, if you're physically able this morning, would you stand? We see that the world was waiting on the Messiah, and God came through at just the right time. And so... I know some of us are here, some of us are watching online, and we're in that period of waiting. We just feel like, oh, Lord, would you help us to hold on? Would you help us to trust? Uh, some of you are probably here, and you say, you know, I'm in that desert place, and I just need God to work in me and give me the strength to hold on. So we're going to pray this morning. Lord, we're so thankful today that the Word says that you came at just the right time. You've been setting things up. You've been getting things ready. And you came just when the world was ready. Lord, we know that you're also doing that in our lives. Lord, you're sending answers at just the right time. Lord, you're moving at just the right time. And some of us are here because you're getting things ready. Some of us are waiting because you're getting us ready. But Lord, help us to trust you in the waiting. So I'm going to say, one, if you just close your eyes with me this morning. and If you're here today and say, you know, Pastor Rex, I don't have a relationship with Christ like you've talked about this morning, but I would love to make that right. I've never asked him to forgive my sins, or, or maybe I did a long time ago, but I'm really not living with him. I don't want to make that right. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We just want to pray with you right where you are. All right, we're going to pray with those that raised their hands this morning. I'm just going to ask everyone to pray with me this morning. This is not a magic thing. This is simply you talking to Jesus and saying, Lord, I need you in my life. So would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for coming to this world and dying in my place simply because you love me. And I admit that I've sinned. Please forgive me. Please come into my life and make me new. Forgive all my sins. 
and help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, the Bible says if you prayed that prayer, he says you're a brand new person inside, that all your sins are forgiven and he's made you new. And if you prayed that, would you catch me or Pastor Kenny, one of these, we'd love to talk with you this morning. We have a book we want to give you. Uh, if you're here this morning, say, you know, Pastor X, I'm in a holding pattern. I'm waiting for God to do something and I'm really discouraged. I just need, I just need God to encourage me, to help me to hold on. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? We just want to pray with you. Yeah. So, Father, I just pray for all these that have raised their hands this morning. They're in a holding pattern. Maybe they're in a desert place right now. But, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them today to know that you're working, that just because it seems like you're silent doesn't mean that you're absent. And just because answers are long and coming doesn't mean they're not going to come. So, God, I pray that you give us wisdom as we wait. Uh, Lord, give us hope in the waiting. And I pray that you'd help them to know that they're not forgotten, that you are loving and you are working. And Lord, help us to trust that you have the very best in store as we trust in you. And I know we go through trials, we go through hard times, but Lord, we know that you're still working in that time. Help us to trust. Just like the disciples prayed, Lord, build our faith. Help us to trust. In Jesus' name.